Hello, my name is Gary Trainer. In November 2009, I had a liver transplant. I cancer the liver. It didn't take, unfortunately. So I was induced into a coma and given seven days to live to find another match. On the third day, the second match came in and it was successful. It's now, we're now September 25th of 2020, so another couple months and it'd be 11 years. I just wanted to go through my journey of life with a liver transplant or life after a transplant. I remember waking up after the transplant. Of course, very drowsy, drowsy. Um, happy to see my mother, my sister, which were amazing through this whole ordeal that I went through. I remember craving, for some strange reason, banana popsicles. Strange as that is, maybe because as a child, it was one of my favorite things. My poor sister went all over the city of Halifax looking for them for me. She did find them for me. God bless us all. Hi, it's Gary again. Um, I'm going to start back before a liver transplant when I first found out I was sick. I had fell and hurt my hand, and that was a Wednesday night. Thursday evening, I went to work at Bingo, and one of our customers said to me, Oh, Gary, you need to go to outpatients. And I'm like, why out? Why outpatients? They're like, your hand's really bad. I'm like, no. She said to me, yes, it's really bad. I work in orthopedics, and I could tell you it's a mess. So I'm like, okay. So I went after bingo Thursday night. Of course, it was crowded, so I'm like, I'm not staying here. Came home, woke up Friday morning. My hand was really, really sore. And so I decided to call my family doctor. His receptionist talked to him and squeezed me in on his lunch hour. Well, when I seen him, he said to me, okay, you need to go for an x-ray. And he said, I need you to do blood work when you're gone. I'm like, yeah. He said, no, I need you to do blood work because if you don't do your blood work today, I'm not going to tell you the results of your x-ray till Monday. And if it's broken, I'm going to have to re-break in. And he did that because a few times prior to this, he had gave me blood work to go to and I never went because 
I had high blood pressure, but I thought it was no big deal. So, anyways, he said, how are you going to the hospital? I'm like, it's not that far. He's like, get in the car, I'm going to drive you. So he drove me to the hospital, dropped me off. I went and did the blood work, did the CT scan. The CT scan showed there was like four tumors and my enzyme, my enzyme levels in my blood work was really high. So my family doctor, Dr. Ross, called me and said, Gary, get back to the hospital. He said, look, you need to do a CT scan. I'm like, why? And he said, I'm pretty sure there's cancer. I'm like, okay. Like, oh, I should crack myself. He said, there's some, tu I'm pretty sure we see some tumors. He didn't say cancer first. Anyways, I went, did the CT scan. After that, I got a call saying, I wanted, they wanted to do an MRI on a Sunday. This was back in 2007, where they didn't do MRIs in the weekend. They had to bring people in specially for that. So I knew there was something going on. Oh. So then, sorry, Sunday, I did the MRI and I said to the guy, I said, I think they're looking for cancer. He said to me, you have cancer. And I'm like, what? He said, you wouldn't be here on a Sunday unless they thought I already knew you had cancer. So the following Tuesday, I think it was, or Wednesday, I had an appointment to see Dr. Schrager. He's a gastroenterologist. I had told my sister first what was going on. We cried. I brought my mother to my house, sat her down. And I saw in the middle of the day, toner. And it broke my heart. I tell her I was sick. Her little boy was sick. I was so worried about her. Anyway, so Wednesday went to Dr. Swagger's office. My sister came with me. And he's like, good news, bad news, Gary. He's like, you have four tumors. And he said, two are pre-cancer and two are cancer, stage one. He said, I already sent off. They agreed to assess you for a liver transplant. So... I left, I think, the following week and started the, the journey being assessed. So now we're at the part. I'm in Halifax being assessed to see if my body and my mind could make the transplant. There was test upon test. I think I was there like for four days. I had to go see a psychologist just to see if I, my mind could handle having a transplant, which was 
which was funny. I get to her office. She was very young. And she said to me, before you start, I'm going to have to tell you that I feel you're in harm to yourself or to others. I would have to report you. I'm like, okay. And, and then she said to me, do you feel like you ever want to hurt somebody? I'm like, well, you just told me you were telling me, call the police. Why would I tell you? So I guess it was a good answer. Um, then, like I said, it was a bunch of tests to see if the heart was strong enough, blah, blah, blah. So I passed those tests. Then after that, I came back home. And then I met the surgeons. I had to go back to Halifax to meet them. And then they started booking my chemo treatment and my radiation. I was lucky, if you want to call it lucky. I had only three treatments of the chemo, but they went into my groin and to the liver. To, they um, targeted the tumor. Um, I was never properly. One treatment was like five days of chemo being in my body. So it was like going for chemo five days straight. But it was so much stronger and tense. Anyways, did the first treatment. They said, okay, you can go home for a couple of weeks, whatever. So I went home for a couple of weeks and I decided to, I need to get away. So I took off by myself, went to Fredericton, New Brunswick to go play bingo. I checked in my hotel, the Ramada Inn, just a little hotel, and got there, everything was fine. Went to put the TV on, it didn't work. I called down to room service. They said they sent somebody out. I was getting ready to leave. I was gonna go play bingo. So that was fine. I came home from bingo. No TV. I phoned downstairs. Now, the maintenance guy's all gone home. So, like, you know, I had no TV. So they told me to call the front desk in the morning. Well, I decided to go down to the front desk in the morning. And I talked to the manager. I never forget that poor manager, the poor girl. She was only young, I find. Anyway, she goes, can I help you? And I started telling her. She goes, come in my office. I went in the office and I started bawling my head off at her. I'm like, I came here to get away, and I was trying to forget everything. And I just started my first treatment of chemo. They told me I shouldn't lose my hair after four days if it didn't happen. I started to lose my hair last night, and like I don't know what I'm gonna do, and I know TV, and the poor girl, like I was bawling, like, I don't know, like a little school girl or something. She was really nice about it. She said to me, we're gonna upgrade you your room into a suite and it's going to be free for tonight 
I'm like, oh no, you don't have to do that. So no, no, <clears throat> I, I want to do that. So did that. Anyways, every time I went to the bathroom, like, yeah, I put my hand through my hair. It was coming out like if you had a haircut. I didn't lose it all. Thank God I have really thick hair. So that was quite the ideal adventure. I I just want to add a quick little note or little saying. From the first day I found out I was sick. Yes, I was scared. I was like, well, you'd be crazy if you weren't scared. But somewhere in my mind, I knew I was going to make it. Don't ask me why, ever. I just did everything the doctors told me to do throughout it. So I quit smoking. Yeah, never drank again. I did what I was supposed to, but there was always something in me saying, I think you're gonna make it, you can do it, you can do it. So, I did it. <laughs> I, I just kept on thinking positive. After each stage, each hurdle, I was like, I did it, look, I did it, I can do it. <laughs>